Yo, 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 People on the show to know that this is fall. Like Thank it's, God. It, it would be inappropriate to wear summer clothes. It's not summer. Welcome back <laughs> to the Ill Advised Wise Guys podcast. This is episode 153. 153. 153. Uh, shout out to the gang. We appreciate y'all for pulling up on us. If you're new here, stay a while. And if you've been here before, just stay longer. You know, pull a lawn chair up, a, 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 a warmed, a heated seat. Uh, if you're in your car listening to this and you got oh, heated seats, you know, gotcha, turn your heated seats gotcha. on. Uh, and get some warmth in because it's, br- it's breezy, right? That's what you said. Yeah, it is breezy. It's very breezy. Uh, we have a special guest on the episode. He is a returning guest a native of the DMV, uh, a rising artist who, in my opinion, y'all need to really, really, really be listening to because he's making dope music at this current moment. And he just dropped a new project called... Me? You're supposed to know what it's called, (laughs) bro. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on real quick. (laughs) It don't matter what it's called, bro. Because the man. By the way, it's called. It's called. Here goes anything. Yeah. I'm just. Yeah. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, here goes anything. That's the name of the song. Uh, name of the album. Uh, shout out to Just Ten, bro. What's up? Say what's up, Joe. How you doing, bro? What's going on, man? Uh, appreciate y'all uh, having me again, man. Back for more, for real. Uh, yes, sir. Time is flying. We just talked about it for real. Time is flying. We were just on. Yep. What nine months? So here we mm. are again. Nine months later. You, he might have been the second guest we had at. At the top of this year, I want to say we had a couple. Of people. A year flies by. Yeah, it does. It does. I can't believe we're almost you know, in uh, November. To be honest with you, ever man. Ever since but... I became dad, like I, <laughs> I don't know what month it is. I just know, like, yo, like, when's Friday? <laughs> <laughs> but no, hey, appreciate you for pulling up on us, man. You know, we're gonna get into some dope conversations about your new album. Uh, here goes anything. Yeah, here goes anything exactly. And uh, also, we got some topics for you guys. Uh, but before we get into the topics, let's get into some announcements, dog. RGM. Check talk out to RGM, ratingsgamemusic.com. RGM in Ireland mm. um, did a music review for City Girls. They dropped a new album. Uh, I believe I believe it's called Raw. Real as real whores. Real as whores. So I saw a tweet. Somebody said real quick. I saw a tweet. Somebody was like, the word woman was right there. <laughs> But y'all, the word women were right there, but y'all chose whores. So raw, Yikes. real ass whores. I, I think it's a pretty decent album, actually. You Flows do? well. I need to check yeah, it out. The then. energy, very provocative. Mm. But uh, we did a review for that. There was a lot of singles that came out. Um, I can't remember any of them. But Nicki Minaj dropped a freestyle over Drake and Chief Keef's hit song mm. from... Uh, uh, for all the dogs, all the parties, the song, all the yeah, parties, all the parties, yeah, all the parties. Okay, for all yep. the Barbies, she killed that too. She she killed it. Yeah, she killed she it. Did, she killed. She well, killed you it. you you hesitated. She ain't kill it. <laughs> let, 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 let the people know, bro. Okay. Like she ain't kill uh, okay, it. Okay, okay, it was okay. Okay, I thought right, it was. I'm okay. just I'm just saying. Okay. You know, you sound like Sanford you wanted to say something. Album. Sanford dropped the album. Uh, Lay high. I just did that review actually. Mm. So uh, check out ratingsgamemusic.com for the best music site on the globe. It's confirmed. I believe Biden said it recently. It's confirmed. Did he really? Best music he did. 
You know, Bobby be mispronouncing things. So maybe he was trying to say RG3. Was you you sure he wasn't trying to say RG3? No. Shout out RG3. <laughs> On to the podcast side of things. Make sure to tap into Zero Skips the playlist. Uh, shout out to all the artists we've added on the playlist. You know, we we keep adding new songs every day at this point. But in general, we add, we update the playlist every week. So if you've been on there before, make sure to um, share it to your people. And if you're somebody who's been trying to get on, you know, we'll we'll definitely get to you. Um, at some point, if the song is good, if the song, it, it, yeah, I feel cool. like that goes without this saying. This ain't no, this ain't no handout. This ain't no free lunch. I'm glad you said that. Q, let's get into the show. So we're gonna get into what are the qualifiers that make someone eligible, I guess, to to, to critique music, right? So like, mm. can anybody discuss music? Is there a a, a degree you gotta have? Mm. Do you gotta have a hit record? Mm. You know, do you gotta go to school? Like, who who's eligible to critique music? Because mm. remember, Joe Budden was critiquing uh, mm. uh, 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 Drake on his last album, and yeah. Drake told Joe, "Bro, I don't want to hear what you got to say. Yo, you're a mm. failed rapper. Mm. Is that right or is it wrong? That, mm. eh, That's yeah. a great topic. You know what oh I'm saying? My God, it's a great. And topic. then also in that, we're gonna talk about just aging in hip hop. You know. Should artists kind of alter their content as they grow, as they age, as they mature? Or should you just rap about the same things you've always been rapping about that the fans have kind of become accustomed to? You know, I think it's a good conversation. We're going to get into that discussion. Yes, sir. Also, we're going to talk about some of our favorite collab albums of all time. But first, is Yeet the most important rapper right now? Mm. I lied. We're not going to talk about that first. We're going to talk about Justin, bro. Like, we're all over the place this episode. Uh, how you doing, man, first and foremost, man? Welcome back to the show, man. No, I definitely appreciate it. I'm doing good for real. This, uh, you know, like, this recently dropped, so it's like a huge weight off my shoulders for real, especially holding that in for, like, the past month for real, like, knowing it was completely done. So, mm. feel good, though. I appreciate y'all for having me back, man. It's like, it's my favorite podcast, especially mm. after the first time I came on. Learning that both of y'all was French Montana fans, I said, this is the place to be. So <laughs> I, I appreciate y'all for having me back, man. So I'm doing great, though. Oh, man. Yeah, glad to have you back. For real, for real. So now that the album is out, um, like, is there some type of, like, relief that you get? Like, is it a relief feel or is it more of a, you know, anxious feel after you drop a project? I think um, for this one, it's more of a, relief because mm. i'm more so like content um with where i am mm. and this is like the most content i've been i didn't think twice about anything any move i made i didn't really care about the perception um how it's going to be received you could probably hear that in the project too it's like it's different mm. um, but it's stuff i've been creating in my head since i've been making music but i was mm. finally had the confidence to do that but i'm i'm just so content with where i'm at right now like it's just a relief to finally have it out and I see that result in the feedback I'm getting. It's like, mm -hmm. dang, you were so free. This is the freest I've been. And I'm I'm cool with it. I feel like that's when people make their best projects. Like <clears throat> when it's okay, all the expectations, all the like, you know, nerves is gone, it's done. Let's just have fun with it. And I feel like that for most projects, in my opinion, I get that feel from it's my favorite ones. Like I get that feel from, so I, I definitely feel you on that. I, I always like to take a, a fan's approach. Like when I listen to music, I don't care how big we get, mm. 
You know, pause. I don't care like where we go, <laughs> you know. But my thing is, you know, when you turn on music, does it speak to you? That's that's how I always interpret music. Like I don't I don't need to know the artist personally mm-hmm. to I guess decide is this being is this an authentic expression? Mm. Do I feel oh, like there's some consistency in mm-hmm. who this person is and just the emotions they're expressing? And um, yeah, yeah, man. When I turned on this this project, man, it it, it spoke to me, man. It, it really spoke to me. You know, as someone who wasn't like I wasn't a I didn't I didn't check out your earlier music. Like I, I know at least I learned from this particular project. You had this is like a series going. You got here goes nothing and then there's here goes something and then now this is the here goes anything mm-hmm. i didn't know any of that until i heard this project and even that level of detail i'm like this is what i'm talking about that's the type of intention needed in music so like from an artist standpoint what what how important is it to like tell a sequential story in in your in your music like how important is that to you it's uh it's very important for me um just because i was brought up with music everybody that i listened to was very intentional so it was kind of like instilled in me as an artist so if it don't make sense i can't really do it um and i've actually struggled with that in the past like 2017 i was still figuring out myself thinking i had to pump music out and like the music i put out i wasn't really proud of because it didn't make sense to me so Hmm. like now i have to create it has to make sense how we were talking about before we started like even with the track die with you like that whole thing, it just had to make sense. And I think that's how I'm so free now because I've reached the point of my artistry where it's not even forced to be intentional. It's like, it's going to be intentional because it's just natural. So it's very important to me. Like I can't release any type of song, music, really do a feature unless there's some point of, some sort of uh, intention behind it or like purpose. So it's, it's just a part of me as an artist for real. Listen, one of my favorite artists of all time, J. Cole, I hear a lot of J. Cole in your music. Uh, I'm sure you do as well. Mm-hmm. And um, one one line that stuck out for me from J. Cole all throughout these years, I'm talking about this is back from 09 when he said this. He had a line. Um, it was a song that he put out with ba- uh, Boss. And he was like, you be, ho- you be surprised how many truths you can hide in flows. Right? Mm. How Whether you know an artist or not, you be surprised how much truth they're giving you and people are listening to it casually and they don't really, they think it's nonfiction. They know they don't really think it's like as deep as it really seems. And to me, one of the most uh, deepest songs on this project was, has to be "Wait." You know, you was you really you really got into it. Like it was some dark days for you. And so, like, how important was it to to just dig deep to even make a song like that? Were you really getting into the mental battles and the struggles that you were going through, and probably still are? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to you know project, but how important was that for you? Uh, it was important, um, but more so for like the 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 people I lost in my life for real, like that passed away. I feel like I owe that track to them, and it took me like two years since the song I dedicated that to the person that passed away. It's been two years since he passed, but it took time. And like I said, it was, it's intentional. Like I was going to dedicate something to him, it had to be right. And um, yeah, like it's it's just I feel like that's important. Um, and it's not every artist that has to do that. You know, it's different artists, uh, you know what I'm saying, that don't even make music that's very uh, conscious. But I feel like for conscious artists, you ask them that same question, they're going to give you the same answer. Like, it's very important for them, um, but not more so for the people that's listening. Um, and, like, all the texts and calls I got from the project, or from that song in particular, or even Dear Mama, 
it's like I'm doing my job, but I'm also doing God's work. And that's that's mm. kind of what it is. Uh, more so just like understanding that people listening, they're going to take this and actually, mm. you know, apply it to their life. So it's way yeah. deeper than than what like what people hear. So, yeah, that's when real. you said <clears throat> when you said the title wait. I was like, wait, let me remember how it was spelled. Was it spelled W A I T or right. was it spelled W E I G H T? Right. You know, because it's, it, I feel like it could have gone both ways based off how you described it. So crazy. It was titled Wait Slash Wait. Oh, really? That, See? That's, See? <laughs> Look at that's that. That's how it was titled. It, it really is like a double entendre. Just weight on my shoulders and also saying I'm a weight. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, true. True music heads you talking to right now, oh, yeah. bro. Oh, like yeah. Phil- yeah. philosophical oh, yeah, nah. music heads. Yeah, nah, for sure. But um, I noticed that you know the titles on this album are pretty straight to the point. Like, you know, was that purposeful, or did it just kind of just happen that way? A little bit of both, but more so it just happened that way because um, it's, it's just what I was living for real, like mm. uncomfortable die with you just in mm. case. Like it was all just like stuff that was actually happening in mm. my life. Um, mm-hmm. 802 is my apartment number. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things that are just there, but it wasn't like, oh, let me do this because this is my apartment number. Now let's do this because this is where I wrote most of my project at. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This intro was written here in a, in a real moment. I wrote that in like a time of just like trying to move with grace and all the chaos going on. And I was just mm-hmm. here isolated. So mm-hmm. it, it was purpose behind it, but it all just flowed naturally with those titles coming out. No, it is. I mean, I hope I hope eight hundred two is not your current apartment number. I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, let's just hope. Hey, uh, why? <laughs> what do you mean? That's a security <laughs> risk. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did you think they gonna know the apartment <laughs> complex? He didn't say the complex. Hey, brother, brother. I'll be gone at enough time, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually, apartment number is backwards. It's backwards. You know, a very important kind of stretch in the in the project is a song that is fake ones mm. pretty straightforward obviously you're talking about fake ones but then but that all the way up to the song die die with you i think you know man it really it really hits home man i really feel like you you jumping into the melodic element you know it fits the the landscape of today i feel like it'll be digestible but then also you got a very storytelling approach man I, i'm wondering how you plan to navigate in an era of music right now, because we about to get into an artist, pause, where he is arguably the most important artist right now mm-hmm. to the youth in Yeet, where he ain't rapping about none of this stuff. Mm-hmm. He not getting into none of this subject matter. Matter of fact, the approach to music is not even the same. So when you, when you, when you exist in a world where you have artists like Yeet and Playboy Cardi and other guys who turn it up to the rage element, like does that does that kind of make you not want to do what they do or do you have plans to kind of eventually like maybe gravitate. infuse some of that stuff into your music i'm always curious about about that type of stuff it's, it's so important for me to be myself mm-hmm. and if but if being myself evolves into that then that's cool as long as i'm being myself like mm-hmm. this that's real like mm-hmm. these melodic flows you hear on here goes anything I, like you said it's, it's the subject matter is there my story hasn't changed but it's me being myself and being comfortable in what I'm doing. It's not me. I didn't go to the studio and say, let me go do melodic flows um, because Yachty's doing it. Or it, it was really because, you know, I felt comfortable doing that in that moment. Uh, and the other project I'm just sitting on right now sounds nothing like this, you know? So mm. it's really just about where I am in my life. Um, 
for the most part. Um, but like for the melodic stuff, it just it just comes oh. to you. If that's that's where you gotta be at. It's like people associate melodies to a certain person. Melodies are it's does nobody owns melodies. That's mm-hmm. the weird thing about hip hop is that people are just associating melodic. Oh, you melodic you're a melodic rapper. You you trying to be like Dirk. Like Dirk didn't create melodies. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Didn't. Like <laughs> melodies don't belong to anybody. If it feels right, you do a melody. Like That's right. real. That's real. I mean, mm-hmm. I think listen, the game is super fragmented now more so than ever in my opinion. I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I think the introduction of the internet, mm-hmm. people having to go and find the music that speaks to them with streaming, mm-hmm. like it's a part of that. Like there's no way around that. But yeah. I just think we're in a very interesting place in in, in music, specifically hip hop. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are scared. They think it's like doomsday. They, they they think there's no future in sight. They're like, who's the savior? Who's coming to save hip hop? You hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think like honestly, if you look deep enough, you'll find dope music. Like it's there. Of course. I don't care what people are talking about. Of course. There will never not be a, 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 I think, a a sort of like lane for music that you make. And I'm sure you're not going to stay in this particular lane, right? You have different bags, like you said. So it's important to show your versatility too, man. I think you do that. So shout out to you, man. I think this album was dope. I appreciate that a lot, for real. Pure artist. This is is the def. He's the definition of... Your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. <laughs> you <laughs> know, you, you use that definition, that's what that means. So uh, where can the people stream the album? Where can they follow you, man? Talk to them, man. Yeah, so uh, streaming everywhere. Um, all the major platforms. Here goes anything. Um, follow me. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. Well, X. I'm sorry. It's called X now. I'm still yeah. using Twitter. <laughs> X, me too. Hey, we don't call it that no more. Mm-hmm. You still call it? You? I still call it Twitter. I, I ain't gonna lie. Twitter, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't call it X. Uncle, Uncle Justin everywhere, TikTok too, um, and then uh, UncleJustin.com for all the latest updates and uh, information. Just, nice. just go stream, watch the videos. We got visuals coming. Just shot one last night, so I'm, I'm looking forward to everything coming with this. Definitely tap it. We're going to put all that stuff in the description as well. Y'all make sure to tap in. Here goes anything out now. You ready to get into some topics, though? We got some other stuff to talk about. I'm just letting you know. Nah, We're going to get spicy. Topic. First topic, is Yeet the most important rapper right now? I can think of... Uh, an argument why I would say yes, and I can also think of an argument why I would say no. Mm-hmm. But right now, the Yeet and Drake song, mm-hmm. I Don't Give a Fuck, mm-hmm. was battling Drake's other song mm-hmm. with Cole, First Person Shooter, for the number one Billboard song in the in the country, because it's usually yeah. US, US, the Hot yeah. 100, right? Yeah. I think to your to your average fan, your your casual fan, they might be like, yo, who is Yeet? And why is he even... At this level, like we don't know who this guy is, but in reality, he's kind of been having a little moment, right? On the underground, he's putting out albums. People are kind of rocking with it. He's kind of trying to break through the the, the mainstream mode. Q, what 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 do you think? You think he's the most important right now? Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, mm. I mean, the thing is, one thing I like about Kanye is uh, Kanye's always talking about the future. Kanye's like, I see something. Five years down the road. I mean, he exaggerates it, but it's still the future, right? Yeah. He'd be like, five years down the road, this is what I see. That's why I made this album. And that's why it sounds this way, right? Yeet's music doesn't sound like something that... It, it sounds like something that won't click for another two or three years. I think artists are starting to notice that. I think artists were fighting it at first. 
I'm somebody that was fighting it. Like the very first Yeet song I heard, I was like, yo, what is this? This sounds like a broken Nintendo game. Remember, remember when the Nintendo game, it, it was broken? <laughs> so like that's kind of the first vibe I was getting listening to it. But as he kept bringing stuff out, some of the frequencies that he was playing with, some of the trippy beats that he was playing with, some of the unorthodox flows he was playing with started clicking. And now I'm like, wait, like this sounds futuristic and it doesn't sound as far futuristic as it initially sounded. What Drake did on uh, For All The Dogs, adding him, Drake modernized his sound a little bit. So Drake, and then not only did Drake modernize his sound, Drake showed that your typical rapper can rap over that sound. To me, this was, initially I wouldn't have said this, I would have not have brought this topic out Mm-hmm. if that song didn't come out because I think Drake doing what he did has now solidified that yo if you are a mainstream rapper if you want to make it mainstream you can actually use this formula that he has and make it work for you so I now see I do now feel like you're going to see a lot more artists trying to hop on this yeet wave right um, whether or not it's working with him or working with artists that sound like him, like Ken Carson, I, I believe is an artist that sounds like him, mm-hmm. who also sold sold very well. Yeah, I think he sold fifty k fifty k per week. Pitchfork rated his album higher than Utopia, Ken Carson's album, higher than Utopia, higher than Drake's album, higher than pretty much everybody else that you think had good albums. They 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 uh rated it higher. I listened to the Ken Carson album. That's crazy. I listened to it. That's crazy. I listened to it from start to finish. I reviewed it. So I, I rated it. And it's exactly the same type of crazy frequencies, crazy flows, crazy everything. Okay. It's the same thing. Yeah. So this, in my opinion, this is where music is going in terms of hip hop. Well, look. In terms of hip hop. I think, I, first off, most of what you say, I agree with most of what you said. Like, let's be very clear, man. Playboy Cardi is actually the one who's kind of the one at the forefront of this particular sound. But the point is, <laughs> I'm talking about presentation. I'm talking about like eclecticness. I'm talking about futuristic. I'm talking about mm-hmm. what's next. What's the sound that's next? Yeah. You look at uh, Travis Scott's album uh, on Utopia. On mm-hmm. Utopia, there's a song called Fiend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still don't even know if that was Playboy Cardi on that Fiend song. <laughs> I, I hear people saying hey, that's we'll not Playboy Dracula. I don't know, bro. <laughs> but the point is like, that was the biggest song on Travis Scott's album. From a streaming standpoint, oh, was it? Yes, streaming standpoint, notoriety, song that was going up on twi- uh, mm-hmm. uh, social media, TikTok and stuff. bro. We're here. You have to, whether you're uncomfortable about it, it is what it is. You mm-hmm. gotta get used to the idea that these, this sound, this Benny X sound, that's the producer who's really like at the forefront of this sound. It's here. Like mm-hmm. it ain't going nowhere. Matter of fact, you're probably gonna have to learn how to rap over it. Like Drake said, and yeah. Drake, like you said yeah. to your point, which is a good point, Drake has shown a formula, a template for how to approach this particular sound, and it is what it is. I think that the days of us trying to keep Drake's name alive, keep Kendrick's name alive, keep Cole's name alive, don't get me wrong, these guys can still have success, mm-hmm. but we have to understand that they're not going to be the ones pushing the, this new sound. Whatever's mm-hmm. next in hip-hop is not going to come from them dudes. Mm-hmm. People got to accept it, in mm-hmm. my opinion. It just got accepted. What you think, Justin? Yeah. I still think that Drake is the most important uh, hip-hop artist right now. And it's because, mm. b- back to both of your answers for real, I think Drake, when he 
puts people on his project, it kind of like validates the sound. Like, all right, Drake's doing it. Somehow we all got to do it. Mm-hmm. Like even people don't like honestly, never mind. I'm not really the biggest fan of it, <laughs> but I haven't really tapped into it too much. But he, he started doing the New uh, New Jersey Club. Next thing you know, the baby got a hit. Uh, what's it mm-hmm. called? Shake something. Shake something. Everybody. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ke- uh, Keem and uh, Kendrick come out with uh, the Hillbillies. Everybody yeah. on that wave yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Drake was ahead of it. But it's like Drake kind of validates it. Um, but I think Yeet is like the most interesting and the most important time in hip hop right now. This is like, this time in hip hop is like the pinnacle of the, the divide where you still mm. got, you either yeah. conscious or you on that, not even mumble, just on the, I don't know what to call Trippy. it. Trippy. <laughs> you know, you know who's actually arguably more important than both of the names that we just mentioned? You mentioned Yeet. Uh, uh, I mentioned Playboy Cardi. Uh, you said Drake. Yeah. Who? Kupiski? I would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is going to sound crazy. Lil Yachty. Lil yeah. Yachty is yeah. arguably the most important person, important rapper in hip hop. He's the for all the reasons that you just mentioned with Drake. Who is the one there crafting Drake's, or at least not all of his sound, but at least giving him direction yeah. for a lot of the new school wave? It's Yachty. Who's the one collabing with J Cole and can who, who can show that he can be lyrical as well? It's Yachty. Yachty is like a hybrid. Of the rappers that you probably don't see right now. Somebody who's at the forefront of the yeet. They can get on the rage and do that weird, what people consider weird, but they can also spit. You don't really see that. I think it's Yachty, bro. Yeah, Not gonna lie. I wouldn't say he can spit, but... Bro, Yachty can spit. He what can, he did... A, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't hey, say he can, can spit. Can we keep it a buck? He, hey, he knows I want, how hey, to rap. I want your opinion. Okay, go ahead. On, on Secret Sauce, did Yachty kill it? Yes or no, homeboy? Secret, don't answer. Secret Recipe. Secret Recipe. I said Secret yeah. Sauce. Justin... Did Yachty kill his verse on the secret recipe? I'ma say See? Yachty. <laughs> Yachty. It's just so hard. It's hard to judge that because like when Cole hopped in there, it just sounded like Cole belonged. To me, like when Yachty was doing it. Yeah. Like like, dang, okay, Yachty, I hear you, bro. But then Cole hopped on there and made it sound like this should be Cole's song. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that the wrong way, but... Here's the best way to describe it. Yachty put up a solid, like, nine points, four rebounds, three assists. Not ten points, not a double-double or nothing like that. About nine points. I respect somebody who puts up nine points against J. Cole, who put up, like, 55 points. No, that's that's disrespect. He put. He did if not Cole, put up 15 If Cole points. put up 55 and hit that game winner from half court, Yachty put Ibra, up 25. Kobe Bryant. Yachty put up about Kobe 20. Bryant. I think Yachty's biggest Achilles heel is obviously his delivery. We all, re- most people, the culture respected his approach when he dropped his Let's Get Started album, yeah. which is not hip hop. But people were like, yo, this is great music, but your voice is trash. It's, the only knock you can really give to Yachty when he really be getting in his bag is, yo, I don't like his voice. And I, and I, it's a respectable no, critique. No, y- Yachty can rap It's a respectable ass. critique. Yachty has sounded good sometimes. I'm just letting you know he, he was spitting. Good he was saying something. He was trying you, you, to spit. I, res, I do respect it, though. Like, for real, I respect what Yachty doing, though, because, like, him just even dipping and dabbling and all this stuff, and then actually, like, like you oh. said, like, showing, like, stepping into the ring with, like, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, knowing yeah that exactly. You, like, can you, yo, can you imagine if Yeet did that? Yachty did something with J.I.D., too. Like, they dropped about two songs, right? And, you know, J.I.D. was just killing them on them. But, but the fact that it's almost like he's showcasing it. 
he's showcasing Agreed. the way that you can mix these two worlds together. He's exactly. like the middleman. I agree. Which is really, really dope to see. Imagine like all these other uh, eras of hip hop. If there was a middleman like him, how much that smooth transition would be. Yeah. He's trying to transition it. And I, I, I do applaud him for that. So I ain't gonna lie. In all seriousness. No, that's right. I ain't gonna lie. Yachty's come a long way because when he first came into the game, he was getting killed for not knowing who Tupac, knowing the Tupac oh, and Biggie Tupac record. Yeah. That was like the big knock on him. He was clowned, a mumble I rapper. Really, I don't really care for that. Like, yeah, but I'm just saying young. that was he's that young. was the knock. Like no, people know, were trying to like say he, you shouldn't take him seriously Lil because Zan he doesn't know the forefathers. Lil Zan said, "What did Lil Zan say? He said, man, Tupac wasn't that good or something like that.' Yachty's come a long way, man. That's all I gotta say. Next topic." Are rappers obligated to speak on community issues? Uh-huh. Wow. I mean, I think this should even be just musicians in general, right? But let's let's leave it to rappers. Sure. So, as you know, there's a lot going on in uh in the world right now. I feel like when something big happens uh on social media, the first thing we think of is what did our favorite rapper say about it? In this particular situation with Israel versus uh, Palestine, there's a lot of musicians calling out other musicians for saying nothing about it. It's a tricky situation, you know, because in one sense, if you don't say anything, people assume that you're not pro whoever. Mm -hmm. But then when you do say something, you are more than likely going to say something pro somebody, which is going to offend another side completely it's almost like a lose-lose situation right all right so should rappers just in general just stay away from those political issues or just some of these things that people are wanting to hear about from them or should they be speaking up whenever it's appropriate to on twitter saw a tweet from vlad um he called out drake and uh dj khaled for not saying anything regarding this Israel and Hamas conflict going on. And I think on the surface, most people are like, man, shut up, Vlad. Like, what are you talking about? We don't care what you got to say. Like, you're the cops. You know all the stuff they say about Vlad. And I'm not even saying none of that's fact, uh, false. I'm just saying it's easy to dismiss Vlad. But when you get into kind of like the logic, what he was getting at was, hey, Drake is technically Jewish. Uh, He grew up as a Jew. In Toronto, in a Jewish neighborhood, he had a bar mitzvah. He he had the whole Jewish experience. So why are you not saying on Drake? That was his criticism. Same thing with Khaled. He said, yo, Khaled is arguably the most popular Palestinian in the world. And I didn't even I didn't even think about that. Like when until he said it, I'm like, damn. Well, him and her, him and uh Gigi the Hadid uh, family as well. Like in terms of popularity. He brought up some legit criticism, and at the surface, I'm like, the easy response for me is to be like, well. What if they have nothing to say? Like, what if they have nothing to add to the conversation? What if they're not well-versed on the topic, right? It's a fair thing to think. But at the same time, I do think there's a responsibility. I think that when you have a brand, when you have a platform, it's important for you to use it in a, in a, in a way that benefits your community. I don't want to compare the two, but when Black Lives Matter was happening, when all this stuff was going, you heard nothing but black 
activists, black artists, black rappers, black anybody black was talking about yo black white, lives white people matter. that wanted to be black, white people who wanted to be black. <laughs> the corporations was talking about black lives matter, right? Dogs were saying black lives matter. You know, everybody was saying black lives matter. Yo, yeah, yeah. it became so cliche that it was like, bro, do y'all even believe this? But nonetheless. I, at the end of the day, I do think there's a responsibility, and I think we got to get out of this mentality where we just we think that celebrities don't have nothing to say. If you're a celebrity, you you you're exempt from this conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's right, bro. I think that when you have a platform, it's important for you to use it in a way that at least lets people know that your your hearts are with them. Mm-hmm. I think that's important, bro. The same way you said people look to their favorite rappers to say something. Yeah, they wondering why people ain't saying nothing. Why you ain't saying nothing, Drake? Why you ain't saying on Khaled? I'm not okay. sa- not saying what you need to say. I'm just saying why are you not speaking? I think the silence says more than anything else. Justin, what do you, what do you think on this subject, man? I'm on the side of I'm more so on the side of understanding that celebrities sometimes you know they're not educated themselves either. Mm-hmm. So like I don't I really don't want information from somebody that doesn't have information themselves. Um, yeah, agreed, hundred percent. Like like you said, with Black Lives Matter in 2020, it seemed like everything was just like so cliche. Mm-hmm. To the point, I stopped mm-hmm. believing celebrities anything they were saying because yes. it was just so popular yes. at the time. Yes. Like I hated it. At, I got I got to a point where I hated it because like Me too. I know you're Me just too. because you're bored. You can't film. You can't go to the studio. You have you crave attention as a celebrity. You need the attention. Mm-hmm. So when celebrities do speak about it, sometimes like they were speaking about the war going on, my mind is kind of trained to second guess where the place is coming from anyway. Um, cause a lot of people aren't really educated on it. I'm still doing education on it. Like I'm still trying to get educated about it. So I don't really look for celebrities to like speak on it, essentially like to educate me on it. But to your point, I'll also look for a celebrity at least say, Hey, my heart's are with everybody. Like what's, what's going on? Like some sort of sympathy goes a long way. At least acknowledge it because when you do ignore it, it's kind of like, I don't really care. I was here for the money. So I, I get that part. But I don't like uh, Dave Chappelle said. Who the fuck cares what John Wu says in the time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. That's a, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Yep. Bro, I don't. I don't want John Wu talking nothing about Palestine and preaching about it. Like if you you care about it, cool. Make your posts and all this stuff. But when you start trying to educate me, bro, I can't take you serious. Your job rule. I just my last part. I just don't really think that celebrities are obligated to actually like speak and educate because most celebrities. You know, they got to be educated themselves. Most of them, for lack of better terms, are ignorant to a lot of stuff that's going on. Because mm-hmm. for one, they can't connect to what they can't connect to the average human being because they got money, they got status. And then for two, you know, they most of them ain't really finished schools and stuff like that because they, they got so, so big. So they can't really understand what's going on. You know, they want a different type of level. So I don't think they're really obligated, but I think it goes a long way when they do show some type of sympathy. Like people look at some sort of like respect because like at least you did something that's yeah, how i feel about it no nah, that's real and I, and I and yeah and i think the key word here is obligation right mm-hmm. so maybe they're not obligated but well does it should they can i should they you should in certain cases in other cases they shouldn't right it's based, based on whether it's a true message it's based on if they actually have something important if it's genuine you know what i'm saying well, i do think silence says a lot though i'm not gonna lie in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. we we got we got to pay attention to people who are silent. I somewhat disagree with what you said. We've become bullies, like fans, uh, uh, people that appreciate artists and all that have become bullies on social media. Where I think a lot of times we bully people to give their thoughts 
or how they feel about something. Initially, I felt like, you know, it was organic. Uh, after the, the Black Lives Matter, I felt like there became this like bullying. Hey, you ain't say nothing. Like, why ain't you say nothing? You just met, you don't, you don't got a side. It then now becomes like a scare tactic, right? So now with this Israel and first Hamas thing, I just feel like people are trying to bully people into how they're supposed to feel about something. That you're never going to get genuine feelings out of that. You know what I mean? I respect where DJ Vlad's coming from. He makes valid points. So the thing that's crazy is you can be right, but it doesn't mean that like that's the end all be all. You know what I mean? Right. So he's right. You know, he's making valid points. That tactic of saying you're Jewish, so you're supposed to say something about this situation. That's bullying. That's that's you don't know me. Yo, you like wanna, you want to get into a where real we combo? come from? You get into no, a let's real just think combo? about because we're Nigerian, right? Yeah, that's it's we Nigerian, than right? It seems I'm telling we're you, we Nigerian, right? Where we come from? Like, if you gonna call me out, which I've been called out multiple times, you ain't real Nigerian, right? But like, when you get called out, you don't okay. know how I feel. Okay, you can't push your thoughts or what you want me to do on me. It's a, but here's the thing though, it is a luxury to be able to get something out of an artist in this situation it is something we should appreciate i appreciate when yeah. people speak on it but it is absolutely not an obligation okay this is somebody's thoughts i want to be clear that's why i'm, I'm with period you. i'm with you i can't disagree <laughs> with anything you're saying so 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 with that being said bro think about how people have historically looked at people like michael jordan Throughout the years, mm -hmm. they've consistently said Jordan never spoke on black issues. He's not obligated, right? Mm -hmm. To your point, he's no. no one's obligated. Or to he, do anything. he may not feel strongly about it, right? But does it be? Is it a knock on your resume when you have all of these resources? You are part of a community, mm -hmm. and you do not have something to say about injustice of your people. Mm -hmm. There's a humanitarian. Mm -hmm. conversation here this is not about commercial i get it money this ain't about money bro this you is should, about you should ride in your people that's you what should, this is that's what this conversation is about so the, by the way it. that's where the that's where the aspect mm -hmm. of dj vlad bringing up the whole jewish angle bro you're jewish you had this that he's essentially getting at bro yeah but he's a canadian your Jew. again i'm not he's a canadian right. jewish person He's not an Israel Jewish person. It don't matter. You're Jewish before you're anything else. It's like you're black and that. we're African before that. we're American. Okay, listen. You get Says what I'm who? saying? I mean, that's how you think. No, I'm saying you, you don't know how that community brother, thinks, brother. Th no, you know I'm how saying, you know okay. how you know what I'm saying is right. right, right. Go to any place on this country mm -hmm. in this world. Mm -hmm. Let them look at you and tell you what you are. Mm -hmm. You don't think they'll be? They'll look at you and say you're black. That's like saying you're black. You should care about what's going on in Africa. If you're if you're african-american born here you should care about what's going on in africa hey man you're african-american you see how like you hey, don't hey, know that hey, you don't hey, know me hey justin justin what do you think like you said like you you don't really know me and i'm thinking back to 2020 i don't know if y'all remember what no name did mm -hmm. like she just started going crazy on like kendrick and cole yeah some, some celebrities really be out here actually doing stuff but they don't publicize it for the sure. way that i think they don't want you to think they're doing it for notoriety like kendrick was at protests Cole was at these protests, not posting that they there. They there. They having these conversations. Mm -hmm. I remember. Sure. Uh, I think it was Kanye. 
he did something for like George Floyd's daughter. He ain't publicize it. People just found out about it. The way I think sometimes, I I do be thinking some celebrities do it for PR, and I could be wrong. Hundred percent. No, it's hundred percent. I have to think that way. So like, even back to Khaled being uh, Palestinian, I don't know what I don't know Khaled. I don't know what he's personally doing. He might be sending money. Exactly. He might be doing a whole lot of stuff that exactly. I just don't know about because exactly. he's not talking. About it. So it's like at some point 100%. we just gotta bring human, the human aspect back to understand like celebrities also human and we're human and like we're like the obligation part we're not even obligated to know what these people are doing 100 percent. you know what's funny i see both sides because you know you know how you know how i can just dismantle that entire argument Uh uh-huh because who are you in your community right so Mm -hmm. this is where people this is when you start having more of like a a philosophical conversation about community right it's like if you use that argument then we don't know nothing about nobody. So in that case, nobody should say anything. So no, we just going no. That no, doesn't it, make sense. No, it does because that if that's so, what I'm saying is all the people that you social media what isn't I'm the is, end all be all. Bro, I heard that Floyd Mayweather sent his private jet to yeah. Palestine. Yeah, that was part of the news. PR. I don't know who said right. it. I don't know if it was PR that was mm-hmm. created. I don't know if it just happened by happenstance. Mm-hmm. We don't freaking know, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. To Justin's point, hey, maybe it was PR. Mm-hmm. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. So what I'm saying is if you try to use the, it's PR, but it might be no, PR. Like it's a, it's a, no. it's a slippery slope. Okay, cool. Whatever is PR and what's not PR. But to call someone out and say you're not doing something. DJ Vlad, as, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know if he's Jewish or not. He's Jewish. He's Jewish. He's Jewish. Right? He's definitely not Palestinian, right? For no. you to call out somebody from another country that you're not from. And you're saying you're Palestinian. You should be saying something about this. No, DJ Khaled, you don't know what he's doing. You don't know what he's saying Yo, to his people. I, I think you don't know when it affects your own people how you're gonna move. Just keep the same energy when things happen in the black community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold but, on. When but things but, happen in the black community. But, but do you know what you're saying? And if someone to? says something this, about what black people, this black person is not doing, you keep the same energy and don't attack anybody about what they're not doing. I, I, I won't. I don't. Because people do. Even if it's black people calling out black people, I'm cool with that. Specifically Americans, right? If we're a black American and we calling out each other, okay. that's cool because we all black Americans. Okay. But this DJ Vlad calling out somebody that's Palestinian is equivalent to a white person coming up to me saying, hey, how come you ain't say nothing about Black Lives Matter? You should be saying something about Black Lives so Matter. Are you saying that You're his, not black so are you saying that his, uh-huh. are you saying that his criticism of Drake because he's also a Jew? Are you saying that's fair? I don't think he's, he's not... Canadian Jew, you hey, cannot listen. assume hey, anything because can, you didn't live like him. I'm you with don't you. know him. I'm with you. I do also feel like there are there people are people don't say enough, and we got to start. I agree with. We that. have to start with this conversation we're having is letting people off the hook mm-hmm. who are part of the community from using their voice to impact their community. I'm just letting you know we be letting people off the hook too much. I'm not saying Vlad. I'm not talking about Vlad. Okay. I'm saying in general. You should be whatever the word there you go you should be encouraged to want to say something there you go use that word and lead by example i like that word so, encourage yeah. that was a good argument it was a good i like that man how much of it are you gonna cut off a lot next topic favorite collab albums of all time i can think of uh collab albums from jay-z and and uh Kanye West. Uh, this is actually Little the six-year anniversary of uh, Super Slimy, Young Thug, and Future. Little Baby, Little Dirt. Collab albums have become they become gimmicky at a certain point. Mm. Like mm. 
there was a point where even two years ago where it was uh the baby and nba young boy dropped the project and people i feel like people didn't even get out of chance i'm beyond with you. people were like yo man all right bro with like, the, we, like we've clay had, album cover yeah we've had enough of the collab albums bro but no in, on, in reality though what are some of your favorite collab albums of all time i'm gonna kick this to just first though. yeah honestly i'm not really a big fan of collab albums but my favorite mm -hmm. is always gonna be jay-z and kanye west watch the throne this is two of my favorite artists like ever to hear what they did i was younger too like, like yeah all right bet these niggas is here so <laughs> that's, that's that's my favorite collab album but outside of that i don't really like it got gimmicky and then for two mm. i feel like one artist it's like it's a compromise there and i don't that's, that's the compromising i feel like that dumbs down an artist i don't really like collab albums i like features but a whole project together i don't i don't really mess with it strong second would be uh uh, Kids see ghosts. That's one of my favorites. Ooh, that's one people don't. I like about. that one. I like that take. Kanye again. That's a sleeper right there. Kanye and Kid Cudi. We complain a lot about uh, artists, uh, our favorite artists collabing. We're like, we don't get our favorite artists like doing collab albums, but we have gotten a lot of like high quality collab albums. Like Kid Cudi and Kanye West doing a collab album. That's a big deal. What? I thought. Mm -hmm. I think. It, I believe it came out during the pandemic, so it's like it didn't get the notoriety or right before something like it was there was no promo we actually got little little dark and little baby when they're at the highest jay-z and kanye like we've gotten some high quality yeah collab albums you know one of my favorites right. of all time method man and red man blackout or something like that yeah like as a kid that's when i heard it it was like in a 1999 ish uh method man and red man were like two dope stoners i guess they they kind of labeled themselves mm. uh then they dropped that album Rock Wilder, remember Rock Wilder produced the album, hard hitting beats. The combination of the two styles just mixed really well for me. And then right after they they came out with How High the movie. I just like that chemistry between the two. And at that time, people weren't doing that, like doing collab albums as much. So that was really one of the first ones that really stood out to me. Another collab album, I thought JPEG Mafia, JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown. That was a fantastic cut. That was one of the better ones that I heard. That might be one of the better um, albums of the year, period. Period. Yeah. That I was think it's top 10. Fantastic. That's top, top fantastic five. Cut. It might be top five. Outside of the ones you, you mentioned, Jess, because, I mean, come on. Like, watch the throne. Iconic. What about R. Kelly and Birdman? Best of both worlds? Best of both How is that best of both worlds? Wait, hold on. No, you're thinking Jay-Z. Jay-Z and R. Kelly had best of both worlds. That was a legit Then Birdman and R. Kelly was supposed to make best of both worlds, too. Yeah, no. I got one that, to me, is bigger than all of the other ones we mentioned outside of Watch the Throne. And it has to be What a Town to Be Alive. Drake oh yeah i forgot about that that was a good one like that was a very controversial project i remember yeah. people saying they hated it it yeah. was it was polarizing mm -hmm. there's people saying there was no skips and mm -hmm. i'm like yo what the hell like i personally was on the side of every song was damn near a banger yo people forget that was the same year future had dropped ds2 2015 bro future Oof. was on fire drake yeah. was on fire i'm right i'm right there with you because yeah if you're reading this the too late came out ds2 so that's that's hard number three for me bro that's a that was iconic that joint yeah crazy sure. album crazy album drake and 21 savage i think that's gonna go I, that down was my next one that was i was gonna say that's gonna go down as one of the better ones but you know the problem with that one which everybody kind of knows i think it's a fair criticism too mm -hmm. like come on man like that was a drake album the best song on the album, the most iconic song, has to be um, Rich Flex. 
Yeah, Rich Flex. 21, yeah. and you do something for me. Yeah. That's that's the most iconic yeah. song on that yeah. project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 21 had a very good verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, he was probably the most standout, I'm sorry, on this song, but in general, I think that project was a, that was a Drake project featuring 21, man. Like, we got to be if you say Let's so. keep it a buck. What about Jay Electronica and Jay-Z? <laughs> oh, okay. All right, bro. I done, I done fucked up with this answer, bro, because that, whoo, that's top tier, bro. Which that one? is a top tier project. A written testimony. Oh, with Jay Electronica, I was we made a joke because it's actually just Jay Electronica's uh, album. Thank you. But Jay Z is on damn near every Thank you. second of that album. Thank you. It, I told you it was a great album. You were like, I, I never. Okay. No, that's not true. You're, that no. was when you were like a podcast jit. No, where you were you were still new in the podcast yo, game. My criticism was always people trying to act like. This was a J Electronica album. I say, I, yo, uh, hold no, you go back. And I say, hold the read the project. Bro, go back and look at the go back and look at the podcast. I what was did you given say? the project. I said, yo, this is a B plus or an A project. It was it was and like you a C. said like C, and I was like, no. You, and then your explanation was Hove carried the Hove project. Ca so what? That just, that has no impact on the music that was on the project. You drop a solo album and you got features that overshadow you, bro. Like I got to take some points off, bro. No, I have no. to. Are you crazy? A solo album. No, I give, I give you that. I give you that. What are you talking I'm not about? taking no points off. What are you talking Nobody about? Nobody does that. Travis Scott. That's not supposed to happen, Travis bro. Travis Scott's whole <laughs> album has everybody else shining on it. Like, what are you talking That's about? Cap. Travis right, Scott anyway, does I his do, thing. I did want to bring this up, which is very controversial. Go ahead. Go ahead. This on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. I keep seeing this convo. I just want to make sure we all agree here. Kanye absolutely watched Jay-Z on Watch the Throne. Kanye watched Jay-Z. Like, like that's that's. I thought that uh, everybody. I thought that was common knowledge. Is that not common you're saying, knowledge? You're saying he watched them. He watched Jay Z on Watch the Throne. Nah, you got. When, you, when you say bro. watched, are you saying like sixty forty, like seventy thirty? <laughs> yes, seventy thirty. I say seventy. Yeah. What, what's the definition of a watch? 70, that's 30. a good question. Seventy thirty. Watch. Uh, that's just you know. That's just me for PR. That's conjecture. That's for PR. That's conjecture. This hyperbole. is PR. I'm that's doing. Hyperbole. He didn't wash him. Because I thought Jay-Z had some really good verses. But I definitely think Kanye beat him. That starts a deeper conversation, too, though. Because, like, how much of Kanye's verses were written by Kanye? Just, that's true. <laughs> oh, I don't, that's I don't know. True. That's true. <laughs> you see how quick it is to discredit someone's contribution? <laughs> Look at that. I just did the same thing and said, yo, Jay-Z hey, carried Jay Electronica. Listen, and he, here he go. I'm, discrediting I, Kanye. It's okay to discredit. Okay, how about this? Kanye and Consequence. <laughs> Kanye and Consequence both did really well on that album compared to Jay-Z. No, but good. honestly, to answer your question, I I, I would not say Wash. I would mm. not say Wash. But I would I would say from a performance standpoint, the more memorable okay. performances really to me well come stated. from Kanye. Really well stated. That's oh. what I would say. That was poli politician type. No, it's facts, though. That was, no, I'm, I'm serious. That. To say Wash would be insane. Production-wise, though, Kanye was responsible, I'm pretty sure, for the production kanye was the guy that said jay-z you need to do this verse again doesn't sound right how about that hey i'm ready to have a conversation when when y'all are ready it won't be on this podcast but maybe a future one kanye west is the most important artist in hip-hop history and i don't think it's close i'm sorry but i'm gonna well, say i'm gonna save the explanation for another day we can keep it pushing all right we can keep right. it pushing he's He's been a part of too many moments in so many different eras and so many different factors. It's impossible to argue the opposite. Yeah, let's move on to the next and last topic. What qualifies someone to be able to critique music? Q, I know you you had a burning passion 
You wanted to get something off your chest. I something something did. bothered you. You know, it had to do with the Joe Budden giving critique, Joe Budden giving critique on, Drake. on Drake's uh, last yeah. project. Yeah. And um, how Drake was so quick to discredit yeah. Joe Budden's opinion. So, so my, talk to me, man. Like, what do you, what, how, how you want to approach this? My beef is not with Drake on, in this topic. So, so there's a couple of things that I see people do on the internet that just irks my nerves. First one, really, that makes me angry is when somebody comments on a post saying, I don't care. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> like, doesn't that bro. just irk me? I don't care. Okay, then why'd you comment? Hey. And what do you care about? How about you tell us what what is it that you care about? <laughs> I hate when people say, I don't care. For what some they, reason- what if they don't care? They wouldn't say anything if they That's didn't care. If I was talking to you right now, talking about something you didn't care about, you have every right to tell me, I don't care about this topic. But the okay. fact that you typed out "I don't care" on a post—they let you know. That's bizarre. They let you know. I, hey, so so you've clearly never done it. Moment of transparency, Justin. Have you ever commented on someone's post and said "I don't care"? L- let me know. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, not not those not those words uh, verbatim. But try to downplay it. I've, I've done that before. This but is, I, we've but all I, done it. We've all done it. So like, this is not. No, yeah, I'm, like we, I mean, I don't they, care. No, we don't, I'm, yeah, the second like, thing that right. angers me is when people say somebody is not qualified to say something, mm. right? So first, Stephen A. Smith, I was hearing Stephen A. Smith go on these radio stations talking about Max Kellerman saying, yeah. Max Kellerman is not qualified Ooh. because he was not a journalist. Like He's example. not this. To me, when I re- heard that, I was like, that's mad disrespectful. Max Kellerman has been on ESPN for like 15, 20 years. Like, he's not just a nobody. Like, to say he's not qualified is mad disrespectful, in my opinion. But I get where Stephen A. Smith was coming from, but I still, I just disagree. So, with the Joe Budden and Drake thing, you know, obviously, Drake and Joe Budden have a history of one another. Joe Budden's pretty critical of Drake when he doesn't like his stuff, yada, yada, yada. Yep. Uh, Drake's response, which I'm completely fine with, is he thinks Joe Budden had a, a failing rap career, that he's now bitter, jealous of Drake's success, blah, 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 that he shouldn't be commenting, right? A lot of people online are running with it. Who is Joe Budden? Joe Budden had one hit, pump it up. He shouldn't be talking about Drake. Joe Budden, if you know, if you've listened to Joe Budden's music, Joe Budden can rap his ass off. Throw on uh, the cypher he did for BET and just like the high level of rapping, some of the best rapping I've ever heard in my life was by Joe Budden. A lot of people don't know that because what they do is they look at the numbers. They look at the billboard numbers. They look at the fact that he hasn't come out with a whole bunch of successful albums. Uh, And they say, yo, like, pump it up. That's all you got. Pump it up. To me, that's nonsense. Complete nonsense. When when you brought this up, I immediately started thinking of other industries, other examples I could maybe pull from. Because I think that we lose sight of... What we what we really be talking about? Like, would people be so bogged down in the music? It's like, oh, mm-hmm. does 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 Joe Budden have a point? Should he? Should Drake care? It's like, bro. In reality, music is one of those few products, one of those few Industries. things that a human being can just listen to a lot of and gain a, a, a ridiculous amount of insight to yeah. to be able to speak and express how they feel. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, I go to sports a lot, right? We do sports a lot, yeah. you know, on yeah. this show when yeah. it comes to uh, comparisons to rap. Mm-hmm. And I immediately go to the example of, so when Michael Jordan was a GM mm-hmm. of a team mm-hmm. and a CEO, 
one of the obviously arguably the greatest player of all time in NBA. Most people will not debate. He wasn't a very good GM, was he? Mm-hmm. He wasn't a very good prep player of basketball operations in terms of picking players. How mm-hmm. come his his ear or his eye for talent doesn't necessarily match his ability to play? Mm-hmm. So my, my, I'm saying all that to say I don't think these two are correlated one to one. Drake trying to discredit Joe Budden because he didn't have a quote unquote successful music career mm-hmm. does not disqualify his opinion. I think it just simply distracts us from the fact that he has a personal beef with Joe Button, mm-hmm. and he wants y'all to know I'm shitting on him mm-hmm. at every Which chance that's why I said you I get. didn't have a I didn't have an issue with what Drake said. Yeah, now it was a clear it was a clear personal dig, mm-hmm. but I think that we got to get out of the idea that because Drake said what Drake said in particular was mm-hmm. I don't want everybody to think that their words are validated. Yeah, that's what that's he crazy. Said. And that to, I thought you were going to bring that part up because mm-hmm. to me that. That's ridiculous, bro. Mm-hmm. I think that's wrong. Like if mm-hmm. you if you put out a body of work and people don't like the album, mm-hmm. you can't now say because y'all don't like the music that y'all don't know what y'all are talking about. Like, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. just what do you think? Back to what you just said, like about like, let's say I just put out here goes anything, right? Mm-hmm. And then both of y'all like, that shit trash. And then you break it down why you think it's trash. I'm gonna respect it. I've had multiple studio sessions where I do a song I thought was fucking fire. And then somebody would come be real with me like, that ain't it. Mm. I ain't get mad trash their opinion. They don't make music, but they got an ear for it. They listen. And then like, I take it in and I understand what they're saying. And I go retweet that song. I think most of this stuff, like for lack of better terms, artists be butthurt over people's opinion when it really shouldn't matter. If you made music for you, you released it for you. Nobody's opinion should matter. Of course, Embrace the love, but also embrace the hate, too. A lot of artists struggle with that criticism, especially those big artists, because mm-hmm. they feel like nobody can touch them. And mm-hmm. then it's back to what y'all said with sports. We was just talking about how much we love Dan Orlovsky, who was mm-hmm. arguably one of the worst quarterbacks I've seen. <laughs> <play>. <laughs> like, That's a fact. Like, arguably, but he know the game to a T. Yeah. If he became a coach, that offense is going to flourish. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I think... The whole validating thing, like people know what they're talking about. They know what they talk about. You got a bad game, you got a bad album. Just respect people's opinion. Go out there and do better. That's that's how I see it. Like I love when people critique my work because it's always something I can improve on. And if like you don't like it, you don't like it. I ain't gonna be hurt over it. I don't, I don't be getting. I don't. I don't get people that come out and like do all this extra stuff when people got a bad opinion about something. Like people gonna have opinions the rest of your life. So I don't be getting that. Because I don't want to focus on Drake and, and, and Joe Budden, but they are good examples for mm-hmm. to drive this conversation. Joe Budden's critique of Drake, at least one of the critiques, was, hey, your music isn't evolving. You're 37. You're hanging around 25-year-old. The music is suffering as a result. We would like to hear music that is a bit more mature and maybe something relative to what it is a a 37 year old would likely be experiencing by the way in our album reaction or review i had similar critique you did say that now I didn't even know Joe Which, Budden by the said way, any of this. I was going to say, by the I way. I didn't know Joe Budden said any of this. We had probably very similar critiques, and that episode was filmed before. Before I even knew about probably, any of that. Probably, yeah. We didn't know anything. And, and so that's what I'm saying. So I want to kick this right back because I want to I want to, I want to, to get your reaction on that. Because like, if somebody came to you and said, yo, 
Justin, I heard the album. Bro, you're not evolving properly. Like, you're not, you 30, not to say you this age, but you're 35, man. Like, why are you not talking about stocks and bonds and, and, and family life? And we want to hear more about what you've learned and wisdom. You don't necessarily have that problem because you be going to that extent in terms of your the substance in your music. But how would you take that criticism? Would you Would you say... I feel you, or would you say, nigga, I'm making what I want to make and just accept it? Just, just that right there, like, nigga, I'm yeah. making what I want to make. But that's <laughs> my critique, my critique of what, like, for all the dogs, my same critique. And it's crazy. This is a topic today because uh, my project dropped. I was on the phone with one of my friends. We having a de debate about the Drake album. He showed me another perspective of it, but I still feel the same way about like I, I hold Drake to a high standard. I want to see him evolve as an artist. He showed me this perspective that. We can't really force them to like Drake going. Drake going grow when Drake won't grow. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's what anybody in my life. You know what I'm saying? Your friends, your family. You can't force them to go get help. You can't force them to go be the person they're capable of being. Once they make that change in their life, you see it. But Drake is so stuck on this lifestyle of mm -hmm. you know Drake. Drake. Drake a joint for real. Like just keep it a buck. Like Drake. Drake a thought. You know what I mean? So he gonna be moving. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Plainly said. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that's the music that we're gonna get until Drake settled down and you know right. has a family, you know, has a same dog. thing with right. yeah, same thing with future. You see Jay Z's music mature because Jay Z accepted a different lifestyle. Cole, Kendrick, you know what I'm saying? They their content grew with them. So once they grow individually, that's when the content gonna grow. I noticed that we only have this type of critique. Mm -hmm. For the substantive artists, the artists mm -hmm. that have conscious mm -hmm. elements in their lyricism, the songwriting, where they actually giving you them, you know, their their deeper inner thoughts. Because think of a rapper like Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne just hit forty. Mm -hmm. Yo, nobody is crying for Lil Wayne to really like tap into another element. You know why? Mm -hmm. Because he's never given us that. Mm -hmm. He's. Ne I'm not saying he can't go there. But musically, he's never given us another element in his songwriting other than just telling us he got bars and just well, rhyming immaculately. And I just think that we have certain expectations for certain well, type well, of artists. Because well, technically, Wayne is older than Drake. He is. I ain't never heard nobody well, campaigning saying well, Wayne need to grow up in a, in a major way. And that's where I think there is confusion. I That's where I think a lot of people don't know how to feel about this Drake album. That's what's so fascinating about this Drake album. I don't know if people's issue with Drake's album is the, the lyrics or the style of music. I think listening to his album, I didn't necessarily have a problem with his lyrics. I didn't have a problem with it at all. I actually thought his lyrics on the album, in terms of what he was talking about, was actually pretty interesting. Was it super duper mature, like 40-year-old mature? No, it wasn't super mature. But he had a very mature approach to some of the things that younger adults go through. I actually had no problem with the lyrics. It was the style of music. Like, think about the song that he had with Sexy Red. Like, okay, should somebody at 37 be making something like that? You know what I'm saying? Or the song he had with Yeet. So somebody, stylistically, that style of music. Is it good to have a healthy level of distance from a love of hip-hop right i think drake is one of the artists that has a very healthy distance of love like like some artists i think love hip-hop to a fault you know what i'm saying 
like some artists like let's say kendrick lamar right i feel like kendrick lamar his love for hip-hop is so strong he's very intentional with what he brings out he doesn't want to dabble and doesn't want to have as much fun on wax like the song he did with baby keem recently that you mentioned earlier that was the first time i've seen kendrick have fun in like 10 years kendrick does not have fun with hip-hop because i think he has a love for hip-hop that is so next level that it doesn't allow him to have fun. Drake, I think, has a healthy level of just distance where he's like, I like hip hop. I'm not at the point where I love it anymore like I used to. So I can still have a little bit of fun with it. Well, and I think some of our favorite hip hop artists, if they had a healthier level of distance, a healthy balance between loving hip hop and just being able to like, you know, do what you want, I think we would get a lot more funner projects. We get a lot more experimentation from our higher level artists. Right, what right. makes us be able to do a nine to five, come home yeah. and still function is because we don't love our nine to fives. You know, it's it feels good when you don't love your nine to five. Like good things come out of that. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm with you. I'm with you on the balance. I do think mm -hmm. balance is important. A work life balance. Having <laughs> you know yeah, know work saying? life balance. He has a great work life balance, but yeah. that can sometimes hurt the quality of music where i was going was like as a former artist like i could speak on how and and just just he spoke on this mad he can speak on this more eloquently mm -hmm. than i can he's actually making music when you're a true artist mm -hmm. like the people you just mentioned right whether it's cole kendrick they, you would probably say that they are more closer to hip-hop than drake is like mm -hmm. in terms of their output their music is coming from a a different place like their expression mm -hmm is derived from different meanings it's it's coming from more thoughtful they're mm -hmm. trying to really give you mm -hmm. a psychoanalyst opinion of mm -hmm. their viewpoints and what they think in a certain realm like mm -hmm. and so that's why like yo you probably not gonna get no fun projects from kendrick mm -hmm. bro kendrick is probably having his best life right now but when he locks in on hip-hop mm -hmm. it takes him to a certain place where mm -hmm. he wants to express it in a certain fashion I think that's what we love from Kendrick this for sure. whole time. For sure. Like, I don't think we can force people out of what their natural expression is, but mm -hmm. I do think we got to appreciate Drake. To, to I mean, you got to appreciate We got to appreciate balance. Drake for the versatility he's shown, and I think that that's why we've never he seen an artist care. like Drake who's been able to balance giving you the 8 a.m. in Charlotte's mm -hmm satisfying people like who really like that backpack rap mm -hmm. and then giving you jumbotron popping mm -hmm. with Lil Yachty and then giving you sexy red yeah. you know it's like bro like the amount of bags he has is very impressive because he does you do alienate fan bases when you do that. you do alienate that's but, the key and then he also just doesn't care like if you he he cares about hip-hop but he doesn't care enough to be like if I try this people are gonna kill me this is not good for hip-hop Drake understands and knows I'm not the savior of hip hop. Don't come to me with go to the other artist. I'm just going to make what I feel like making and I'm going to go home. I have my kid. I have my life. I have my investment. Hey, now his kids dropping music. Now his kids dropping music. <laughs> but y'all heard Adonis dropping music now? <laughs> he did. It's, it's getting crazy yeah. out here. But my bad, Justin. I, I really want to hear your thoughts on this. I think Drake never came into the game wanting to be a hip-hop artist. I think Drake mm. wanted to be a pop star. Mm. So, like, I think he's evolved in that way. I mean, the, the charts show that Drake is a the biggest pop star of my generation. And then, honestly, he's up there with Michael Jackson now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. he never came into the game trying to rap. 
and just rap. He always wanted to sing as well. So I don't think, like you said, I don't think Kendrick wants to do anything outside of rap. I think mm-hmm. Mr. Morale has the most. No, actually, I think Dam has the most fun that we'll probably get from yeah, Kendrick. Right. Yeah. Um, but he, he, but he stays so close to home, like you're saying about hip hop. Like he always has something at the root of hip hop. Yeah, that's just mm-hmm. artist. That's him. That's his bag. Mm-hmm. Even though. Even though he in the studio with Baby King, who was like this fucking unicorn when it comes to hip hop, yeah, he yeah. still stays here. Drake is in the studio with Yachty. He's letting he's uh, Yachty's picking his brain. He's picking Yachty's brain, and you can tell that. You yeah. can't really tell Kendrick is in the studio with King when you hear yeah, Mr. Morale. Yeah, because yeah. Kendrick yeah. wants to stay there. So I think it just depends on the artist, for real. Like it really, it really does depend. I think like even Cole, he's trying to have fun, but you can see it's kind of a struggle for him yeah, to have yeah. that fun. Cause he's he wants to stay here that storytelling joint mm-hmm. so it just depends on who you who you looking at like i think about meek mill and rick ross they never had fun they in this pocket like they in this pocket but they mm-hmm. still elevating so yeah. i don't you know, know. That's, a, that's that's a really good like debate and question for real because yeah. it, it all just draws back to the artist man yeah it, it depends on the artist 100 percent. some artists just have their approach to music and from a lyricist standpoint the person that jumps out at my at, to me when i hear someone who is a hip-hop hip-hop head and can give you fun lyricism but they can give you depressing lyricism and has a lot of range would be like somebody like andre 3000 yeah like when yeah. i listen to andre yeah. 3000 like i get various emotions mm-hmm. within a core hip-hop element mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of people who have that diversity you know what i'm saying yeah, like if, for that, sure. if that makes sense for um sure. i'm sure there's others but he's the one that pops out he to seems me. like he goes to the studio only when he has ideas you know what i mean <laughs> like he don't just go to the studio just because oh man it's time to make a song no like i got an idea for a song i want to hop on a song yeah like you, you know get I mean? fun you get fun mm-hmm. rap like all of, man, all of that stuff, man. Back in the day, man, a Quimini album. You but, you see variety in the emotions, but it's still hip hop, hip hop. I I want people to remember this though, like for real, for real. I want to reiterate, like you don't have to love your job. You don't have to love something to succeed. We've learned that with Jokic, right? Jokic won the NBA championship. He didn't even look happy. He was just like, yeah, yeah, it's time to go home. And then (laughs) (laughs) he said that right after winning the championship. But then you see him when he's back home in Serbia with Mm -hmm. his horses. He looks ecstatic. He looks at home. Happy. He looks at home. Like we, there's this notion that oh, because I'm a rapper, I have to love hip hop and I have to want hip hop to succeed. There is those people that we need to do that for sure. Hip hop will be nowhere if we didn't have those people. But there's if you don't feel you love it, it's okay. I'm with you In on my that. Opinion. I'm with you on that. But we this is where we gotta challenge ourselves as music fans mm-hmm. because I'm not trying to rehash the the, the debate here. Mm-hmm. But I see a lot of parallels to that conversation we had about um whether people are obligated to speak on their community, right? Yeah. yeah. Because to me, at the at the root of both of these conversations, mm-hmm. I'm hearing that expectations on other people's expression is the root of the problem when you expect a drake to give you something and he gives you something else you're disappointed Mm -hmm. and now you're questioning oh man drake you ain't grow up right we're we're, it's the expectations that lead to the downfall in my opinion Mm -hmm. so we just have to stop expecting certain things we have to challenge ourselves to stop expecting things you want to say that that drake put some of this criticism on himself though when he released the book Yes. It said, yeah. Mr. Old Drake. He's going on tour, on stage, saying, you're going to get the old Drake. 
But then he puts out, I'm not saying it's a bad project. I don't think it's a bad project. The criticism that's coming from it stems from the expectations that he placed he on plays. himself. He definitely played a role. I, I will that. Himself. And that's where it's fair. And that's where I don't think that this is, uh, nobody's wrong to call Drake out and say, bro, you didn't hit the mark on which what we expected from the project because of what everything that you just said. Yeah. But there are times where people don't tell you anything and then we expect what we expect and then yeah. we have the imaginary expectation and they don't meet what we thought in our head and then now we're mad. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, It's rare people meet expectations. Like, I think in the instance of like pop media and mm. sports, LeBron James is somebody that I think actually exceeded expectations. 100%. Uh, Kendrick usually exceeds expectations. But really, that's about it. Like, when we put major expectations on people, 99% of the time, they do not meet it. Like, Travis Scott, Utopia, I don't think it met expectations. Like, now the typical person would be like, World. oh, Astroworld was great. I don't think the expectations that were placed on Astroworld were the same that were placed on Utopia. Utopia's was so crazy, and I don't think it was possible. So, I think people have to remember, majority of the time, expectations are not met which is a hundred percent we gotta stop expecting so things. so <laughs> or or if you if there's a time when you're like yo it didn't meet expectations you shouldn't be surprised yeah because most people don't meet expectations i'm with you man Go especially when you get that that one project that classic it's after that it's a wrap after that oh, man after that is a wrap there's so many people who who have who have <laughs> their career has hit the toilet like it's done because of expectations yeah. You know who comes to mind right now, mm. unfortunately, and I hope I'm wrong, by the way, mm. Roddy Rich. Mm. Roddy oh, Rich's yeah. expectations yeah. after dropping that immaculate Please debut is. album yeah. was so high that he unfortunately had people hype for his new music. And when the new music Never was nowhere near what yeah. he previously dropped, it wasn't that it was bad. Yeah. It was nowhere near the, the level of succinct quality and just yeah. everything you're trying yeah. to do. People say, yo, get out of here, bro. You fell yeah. off. I was listening to Nas's catalog and I was like, Illmatic obviously is a classic. It was written was very damn good. Yeah. <laughs> like very, very good. But nobody really talks about it because they're like, it's not Illmatic. Correct. You know what I mean? Probably didn't meet expectations. So it's crazy. It's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah, man. Hey, this was a dope conversation. Hey, guys, I, I have to say this again. If you've made it this far, man, make sure you hit that subscribe button on your way out. Yes, sir. Justin, where can the people find you once again? Talk to them. Yes, sir. Uh, Uncle Justin, that's Uncle uh, JUS10. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, all social media. Uh, Apple Music, JUS10. And then uh, really just uh, UncleJustin.com for everything. So. Yeah, Tap and in. once again, y'all make sure to go stream his new album, Here Goes Anything, dope project. Uh, make sure y'all show him some love as well. And uh, for us at the Ill-Advised Wise Guys, as always, if you're giving advice, just make sure it's ill. Yes, sir. <laughs>